everybody. So this is going to be really fun. We are here to go over the year in animation 2017. It's been kind of rough, but there have been some <laughs> hidden gems in there. And Mike is here with me. And you want to introduce yourself for people that haven't seen you on the other videos? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name's Mike Culligan. I'm from Ireland. And like Rachel said, I've podcasted with her on a few of her previous videos. And it's usually, you know, pretty good and fun. I run a YouTube channel of my own, Cartoon Karma, where I uh, do uh, uh, animation discussion and critique and some normal reviews and stuff. I'm still kind of early with it. Don't know where it's going to go from here. But for now, I'm just discussing the year of 2017 with Rachel. Like she said, it's been a rough year for the format. <laughs> Yes, uh, but there have been the hidden gems. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk indies. We're going to talk mainstream, and to do these in chron chronological release date order based on U.S. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one that I have, which I thought was a 2016 release, uh, and I talked about it last year, um, but I guess it's being considered a 2017 release by uh, the Academy is Ethel and Ernest. Did you ever see this? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Uh, so you can take it's, this one. Yeah, it's really cute. It's uh, about Raymond Briggs, his, uh, his parents. It just goes from their, from them uh, getting engaged to uh, him uh, grad, graduating from high school and moving out and everything like that. And there it's got um, Jim Broadbent and Brenda Blethyn as the voices of the, of Ethel and Ernest. And it's very sweet. And it's got this, uh, sort of watercolor style to it, uh, similar to the uh, like the snowman. And if you ever seen that holiday, little holiday short. Uh, but mm -hmm. anyway, it's 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 very very sweet. Let's get on to the first mainstream release of the year. That was Lego Batman movie. <laughs> and Lego Batman, I, I, it's an interesting case for me because. I, I was really high on it when I first saw it because it's so, it is very funny, especially I think the beginning and the end I think are funny. The middle I think sags a little bit and gets a little little slow. Um, and I I, I I felt like it wasn't quite as funny on the rewatch as it was on the first watch. Some comedies are that way for me, like yeah. they're not super rewatchable. Um, and it definitely, to me, was a step down from the original Lego movie, which to me was just so visually inventive, and that, mm -hmm. and this wasn't as visually inventive, uh, but this, and it didn't have the heart that the Lego movie had. So what do you think of Lego Batman? Uh, no, your assessments are mostly on the mark. I mean, I even had a similar experience where I thought it was just about great when I saw it, but my opinion dipped a little when I uh, when I reviewed it to do a video a couple of m months back. And yeah, like the first third or so is really solid, but once it stops being a parody and is more kind of played straight, even if it is still a comedy, it kind of lo loses itself. Like a lot of the action plot elements nestled in the ba back half, especially to do with Joker's plan, they just kind of wash over you without being especially engaging not the way they were in the lego movie like you said it does it does pick itself back up a bit towards the end but it's enough for me for it to step down from an eight to a seven but uh -huh. but but it's obviously still a really solid movie and definitely worth a watch uh even if like you said it was a step down from the lego movie i think the voice acting was really strong 
And I'm be, you know, if they do a sequel, I'd be, I'd be definitely excited to see what they do yeah. next. Now they set up the world and, uh, who knows what they're going to do with the Lego films in the future, given given how much they're, uh, you know, not as financially safe anymore. But we'll yeah. see about that later. Because even Lego Batman did not do yeah. as well as they thought it was going to do for sure. The next movie uh, that came out was called Spark a Space Tale. Did you see this? I I don't know if it even got released over <laughs> here, but uh, didn't it gross like less than a million or something? Yeah, I think so. It was... And it deserved it. I'm afraid it it was brutal experience. <laughs> it was this this is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. And I've sat through like Lawrence of Lawrence of Arabia, like some super long movies, you know, and, and loved it and just been thrilled. Boyhood, I loved. Uh, and <laughs> this movie, whew, man, it was just everything about it was so derivative of of Star Wars and and I mean, and I'm somebody that. I liked Ratchet and Clank. I'm one of the few people mm-hmm. in the world who who thought that was fun, and so I can I can have, I can have fun with a like a silly space movie for kids, but mm-hmm. uh, but this was just it was painful. Rock Dog would be actually the next release. This next on my oh. list, and Rock Dog for me was like half a good movie or half a f- decent movie. I thought the music stuff was pretty entertaining. I liked it, and I liked. Um, uh yeah the humor in those sections i liked the music i thought it was pretty well animated but all the stuff with like him uh kind of him and his father and this like mafia team of wolves hated that that was all terrible so some, I, some, I don't know uh, some poorly made plot choices you could say i'm sure yeah yeah i mean that's another one that i didn't see i don't even think it got released in theaters over here the first time i noticed it was like you know on tv adverts when you saw this film is now on demand and that sort of thing yeah and and i never bothered checking it out because i was like why bother it's watchable it's not awful and there was an indie called the girl without hands which i loved it's in my top 10 films of the year uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It was all made by one guy, which is pretty amazing in this day and age that one man can make an animated film. Uh, called uh, yeah. his name is Sebastian Ladenbach, and it's it's very uh, like sketchy. It, it's very you know sort of watercolor sketchy kind of feel, and it all the way they use music and it all just kinds of flows and, mm-hmm. and moves together. It was really pretty, and uh, I I thought it was kind of a dark but hopeful. A fairy tale that I wasn't familiar yeah. with, The Girl Without Hands, and so I recommend checking that one out. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's on my list. <laughs> so yeah. there you have it. <laughs> um, okay, so now we get to another mainstream uh, film that I know you've seen because we podcast about it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking Smurfs: The Lost Village. What did Smurfs or Boss Baby come out first? I'm pretty sure it was Boss Baby first. I was can't it? Remember. Okay, maybe I had it in yeah. the wrong order then. I will. Uh, you mentioned Smurfs. Let's just go with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So Smurfs: The Lost Village. Uh, I I I thought this. I think this movie is kind of a little underrated. It has problems, but mm-hmm. I thought it was beautifully animated. I loved the forest scenes. I loved the river was so beautiful and i liked gargamel i just miss like mm-hmm. sniveling old school mm-hmm. kind of fun villains that i feel like every movie it's always sort of the surprise villain these days yeah. and so i liked that and overall i was entertained by it what what did you think about smurf's lost village 
Well, when, well, when we podcasted on it, my opinion was largely the same as yours, if maybe a little lower. Uh-huh. Honestly, I've, I've rewatched it since, and my opinion has kind of dipped, dipped a bit again for a few reasons. Okay. I mean, the visuals are nice, but for whatever reason, uh, they're just not as impressive now that, you know, it's not in the cinema. I'm not holding that against it. But more importantly, like animated films from Sony and DreamWorks and uh, Illumination and others always have pop songs over yeah. over over moments and this one they have some appalling choices that really uh, i'll be honest they kill a lot of the moments like after the smurfs have first left their village and they come into the clearing and then uh they start getting tossed around by these uh daffodil daffodil flowers oh, and they're yeah. playing so, uh, some pop song that just instant that just makes it all wacky and broad and shrill rather than being kind of wow that it should be like they don't do it all the time like that. The whole twisting tube river still has its moments. But like when you when you get to the Smurfs village and the little all the female Smurfs are introducing them to the all, and they have the audacity to plug "I'm blue" because you know Smurfs har har in it. Uh, they just really uh, suck a lot of it out of you. Yeah. And, and I think well. also when I sat down when you sat down to rewatch a film, you hope that you'll be able to get more out of it that you didn't notice the first time but this film doesn't hold doesn't hold up to that so even though i kind of enjoyed it the first time it's not a rewatching, so it kind of dips for me again i'm kind of like on the tail end of a six or on the high end of a five i can't make my mind up so that's give it kind a of where six. we're at <laughs> uh, given the stage of the year i'll be a little generous but it's a very weak six okay fair enough yeah i get it that's true the, the song choices are very on the nose and uh and not as good as say in my opinion the song choices for like the peanuts movie or something like Mm -hmm. that that was a little more creative i i my biggest problem with the movie is that i feel a little uncomfortable with like the gender dynamics in the movie like the things that Ah. they describe as being feminine the things they describe as being masculine like Mm. "Mm, not my favorite like i i don't know i yeah it's tough because that's sort of the inherent in the smurfs and yeah the way it's set up but uh also it's hard to have character growth in characters that are so defined by one characteristic it's yeah. tough you know i mean i don't know what you do i don't know how you make that different it's it's really hard i think they i i guess what i appreciated about this movie is i really felt they tried hard <laughs> I, yeah. I think they tried hard to make the best smurfs movie possible it's kind of yeah. how i felt about the power rangers I mm-hmm. felt like, man, they tried hard to make a good just movie. Yeah, it has flaws, but I can yeah. give them a, cre- a little bit of credit. Um, yeah, but- like you ha- it's like you have all these cards stacked against your favor, and you're trying to do your best to upturn as many of them as you can. So they definitely yeah. did. It. They definitely uh, tried re- reasonably hard in that in that area. I yeah. won't say they tried their hardest, but they tried reasonably hard. Yeah. And given what else Sony Animation gave us this year, I'll have to do. Yeah, agreed. And I don't know, just like I said, the, the, the only, the main critique I would have is like, there's nothing particularly feminine about yoga. You know, like, why are we dividing these things up about uh, that some things are for women and some things are for men? It was a little yeah. strange for me. I guess you can blame the media uh, when women do yoga. It, for whatever reason, it's a bigger deal than men doing it. I don't yeah, know. I guess. Like, like so. Mm. So let's talk about the boss baby. And so the boss baby, for me, I, I think the imagination sequences are really good and mm-hmm. show that craft, the DreamWorks we all know that they have to make beautiful animation. And I hold 
DreamWorks to a higher standard than I do something like Rock Dog, you know, mm-hmm. or even maybe even a little bit Smurfs. But I I hold them to a high standard almost as much as Disney because I know they have that potential to make beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I just I didn't really like the Boss Baby. I just I to me it felt like a one joke concept, a one joke movie. And there were a couple of things that bothered me, like the fact that you have this really kind of mean setup that I didn't like that like a certain percentage of babies get sent to management and never get loved, never get mothered, never get cared for. Like that's really sad when you think about it. And then also they have this little, they, they dress this fear of the children have of them not being loved when there's a new Mm -hmm. sibling or whatever. And that's a true thing. And that's a good thing to focus on and talk about in a movie for kids. But that bothered me that they never resolved it. (laughs) There's this idea in the movie that like, there's only so much love and puppies are taking up so much a portion of it. And you know, the new siblings can take out a portion and then you're stuck, but that's not the way love works. Love is ever expandable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought I, it was so weird yeah. that they never like had a moment where someone explained that to the kid or that the parents were like, no, you know, we're, we love you. And I don't know. I thought that was yeah. very strange. Well, well, I, I think the move, the boss baby's problems come from the fact that, mo- that most of the film is, is supposed to be either a metaphor or not. Like, you know, how much of this is Tim imagining in his head? How much is not? And yeah. when I rewatched it, it kind of makes sense that they don't really answer that, uh, answer that question. And there, there are large chunks of the movie where the fact that it's left ambiguous does work out in its, fa- in its favor, especially in the, you know, uh, in the denouement after the whole climax thing. But I think the middle half, the half hour towards the end, excepting the last 10, where they're, you know, trying to stop the whole puppy thing and the bad guy, uh, uh, all of that is just kind of really falls flat. Like, that's enough for me to bring the movie down from a, yeah, I guess it was passable, decent to, uh, it's, it's kind of weak. I, I appreciate a lot of the thematic and conceptual stuff they try to do. It's just a lot of it didn't really work. And, and I yeah. thought some of the comedy was nice. Like I'm, I'm getting the feeling I'm a little more gentle towards it than, uh, than you are, but it's definitely not a movie I'm ever going to really think about again. So yeah. yeah, I think it's the only film this year that actively outperformed box office expectations. A lot of them underperformed. Some yeah. of them di- did what they, people expected them to do. Boss Baby is just about the only one that did better than anyone expected. Agreed. So. And I mean, I just think it's nowhere close to Captain Underpants, which we'll talk uh, about in a sec, yeah. in my opinion. I think that mm-hmm. was, in every way, I think that film's better than yeah, yeah. Boss Baby. So when I see the Golden Globes nominating Boss Baby instead of Captain Underpants, it kind of makes me frustrated. Next is a little indie uh, that I wanted to mention called My Entire High School Sinking into the Sea. Uh, okay. They, yeah. I've read so, reviews of it, but I haven't seen it. So Yeah. So this is a is a very experimental film. It's not going to be for everyone. Uh, they try a lot of different mediums, and they have like whole sequences where there's sort of there's kind of a there's some strobe light effects. So if you're really sensitive to that, then you don't want to see it. Um, uh-huh. Just a lot of creative things, and it's just very experimental. And it's it's sort of this I thought very funny take on a disaster movie. Uh, where the, the 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 school is it's kind of like a qua- a cross between like Rushmore like a West like a really sardonic Wes Anderson movie and this disaster movie and I thought it was really funny and very really cool to watch and just see them experimenting with all these different styles and 
I thought it was really cool. But let's talk about Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. <laughs> and yes. I don't, I don't remember your what your what your thoughts were on this on your video. Uh, oh, oh, well, that's fine. I mean, it was a fair bit ago, but. <laughs> I mean, basically, they're very solid. Like, uh, unlike most DreamWorks films, they're adapting a book here that, you know, a lot of people have actually read. So maybe yeah. because of that, maybe not. They generally adapt, it, adapt the essence of it very faithfully. Like, the whole point is that you have these two kids who are mucking, mucking, around, and, mucking around in school. And unlike Boss Baby, I think they, they get the thematic point really well, which is that everything's supposed to reflect what these kids have come up with in their spare time. So that extends to the narrative structure which is quite random all, and all over the place yeah. as well as the animation animation look which even though it's outsourced in a matter of speaking to a canadian animation studio micros uh, and obviously can for whatever reason they're able to use the limitations to their advantage so like you can put that up to next to some dreamworks films that cost more than 100 million dollars and captain underpants feels much visually fresher even if yeah. it is quote-unquote cheaper so yeah. so there's that and there's just a ran random archaicness and funny spirit to it. And, also, and even though it's very clearly aimed at a kid's mind, uh, I think an adult, adult can enjoy it. Uh, if nothing else, I'm reflecting what it's like to, you know, have simple kid relationships where, uh, you know, everything is either simple to resolve or such a, such a big deal. There's no complexities. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I thought it was funny. First of all, I thought the script was solid and I am very not a fan of most DreamWorks comedies that uh, I'm not a, like, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like the Madagascar movies or uh, Shrek or I don't know. I'm just very mixed on, on their comedies. Uh, my favorite is actually uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman is my favorite. It's, I think that's so funny. It has such a good script, but, um, but this uh, maybe is not quite up there for me, but, uh, but I, I thought it was genuinely pretty funny. And I loved the idea of like, showing kids that like be part of the creative process don't mm -hmm. just mindlessly digest entertainment all the time like yeah. i like the fact that these kids are really creating their own characters and their own comics and you know and 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 really that they were just i loved their friendship i thought it was very sweet mm -hmm. and i i think uh it was nice to see a you know a black kid and a white kid and for it to just be effortless they never had any kind of conflict about that never had any yeah. kind of, it was not a part of the story it was just these two kids and that was great and yeah. i love that and I, I, yeah I, uh, j just a point on that uh, not to do it race but uh like i saw some people some people would expect that you know because you have these two boys that are so close that at some point or another adults would make sly sly are they gay or not jokes for the adults yeah. in the audience but we don't get any of that no. again a lot of it is just coming from the uh, uh innocence and archaicness of the source material and I'm, yeah. I'm quite familiar with the books even if i haven't read more some of the more recent ones but uh, they preserved that that essence that spirit so that really carried them far yeah and they use their budget to their advantage by making it part of the humor making it part of the the art style like i loved all the different kinds of animation that were involved uh, i loved the sock puppet sequence that was so fun and mm -hmm. just surprising and kept you entertained and next we have cars 3 and mm -hmm. i i do think that this is the cars 3 was the best in my memory at least the best marketing that pixar has done and they are not very good at marketing in general, Pixar, uh, the trailers usually are weak. And this 
was mm-hmm. actually really great trailers. And so it got me pretty excited. And uh, I, I do think it's the best of the Cars movie and uh, movies. And I, I love the animation. The racing sequences were amazing. Uh, and I think that Cruz's character was really good. I liked seeing her arc because what I thought was cool about her was that it's easy to make a story about sort of discrimination, like where people are slamming doors in people's faces and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. her story was a little bit different. Like there's a certain kind of discrimination where you don't even allow yourself to approach that door. You just, you don't even allow yourself yeah. to think about that world. You know, that that's just something uh, that's yeah. not possible. And, and so like I, f- fear of being discriminated, like, yeah, it's just like, oh. you don't even allow yourself to think in that world or in that idea. And so I liked the fact that she had to be sort of pushed uh, into it and, and, uh, and, and kind of open that uh, by her friends kind of open that possibility. I thought it was actually kind of moving and it sounds crazy for a car movie to be moving, but I actually, I loved, I thought it was really good in that, in that way. And, um, uh, yeah. And I thought that it was overall just, a, it was a sweet, enjoyable movie. I think the downside to it for me was that there's definitely spots where it drags where it's a little slow. Uh, and, um, yeah. And they could have used some of the side characters, radio Springs characters aren't, aren't all that used. I mean, I know they were trying to pull out back from Mater after cars too, but they could have used Sally a little more and some of the other characters. I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, kind of the same. I, I think the thing is, in order to avoid making the mistakes that Cars 2 made, this film kind of goes back over Cars 1. I won't say like it's, re- it's a remake or they're rehashing the plot, but a lot of it ca- does kind of parallel onto that film because it has the whole mentor-trainee yeah. relationship that Doc and Lightning had. And then this one, That's they true. have it again. But then they kind of flip it. Instead of Cruise training Lightning, it goes to the other way around. So it's, so I think it's, it's a very pleasant, nice, enjoyable movie that has yeah. uh, decent themes. And there's basically nothing objectionable in it. But at the same time, I, th- there's just not a whole lot that, that really, you know... Uh, grabs you or kind of rises above a kind of yeah that was pretty good pretty good level like I think Cruz's arc is pr- is pretty good but uh, I think the pro- not the problem I have but something that occurred to me is that you know they have her being defined uh, her personality is defined by this uh, f- basically fear fear failure fear of discrimination thing mm-hmm. and it, it was okay in the early going where she's kind of masking that with this kind of chirpy vibe to her but once you kind of uncover that it's like this this personality flaw is all there is to her character and there isn't a lot more maybe it's just me i don't know how many other people uh, have, have felt it but it's but i kind of f- felt that a lot in the uh, in the later going mm. and it, yeah and as regards to the radiator springs cast i i don't mind that they're not or, overused it not used much i mean it's like in, in the first film, that was kind of their point. And in, uh, and in this film, if a character doesn't need to be around, they, they don't need to be around. It, it's more damaging to have a character like Alon in a journey and not really do much than it is to just sideline them. Like in Kung Fu Panda 2, they leave Shi, Shifu is barely in that film. He's only maybe in the first 20 minutes and then only at the very end. But they handle that well enough in that aspect. So there's mm. a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's true. Already? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I mean, the first one is is 
it is very sweet. And I don't, it's probably not giving it the credit that it, it deserves because of the second one's so disliked. Um, all right. So Despicable Me 3 uh, was the next release. And oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I have to say, I'm not a fan of this franchise and I hated mm-hmm. Minions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to this was a pretty bad attitude, but the Minions actually made me laugh one time. <laughs> when they sang Modern Major General, I thought that with the talent show, I thought that oh. was funny. That made me laugh. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm reaching for this one. There wasn't a whole lot here. I hated Gru. I hated Drew. I did think mm-hmm. that the that the girls looking for the unicorn was kind of cute, and I liked the mm-hmm. idea of the Kristen Wiig character trying to figure out how to be a mom. But mm-hmm. it was just felt like all these different stories that didn't mesh together well, and I just found oh, God, Gru and yeah. Drew so annoying. So like. The only thing I can really say about this film is it, it just kind of feels like the people making it had such a, that th- th- they felt so detached from what they were making. Like they, they really, uh, they had no reason to care, care about it. And it, it shows in how slipshod the structure is, how the subplots uh, just toss around here or there and how the fact that it's short, it's shorter by a decent margin than any of the other films. Like I think credits roll at like 81 minutes and it's one of those films where it stops a lot in just to kind of stave off, stave off boredom, and it only and it barely works. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like at times, I enjoyed the villain just because you know Trey, uh, Trey Parker, and that's always good. Yeah. But uh, 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 but uh, and sometimes girls provided cute antics and other moments. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a kind of it's another case of yeah the the film goers didn't have any reason to give a damn so yeah and they did and they didn't like you, you can tell they'd ra- they'd rather be making anything else even even though illuminations movies are kind of producty they'd at least prefer to make an original one rather than another sequel so Next we had the emoji movie and, and um so yeah i think that the animation is fine in in this it's it's fine but I, I just it just felt so derivative to me was my biggest problem with it, which made it really boring. And I I also think there's a cynicism to the movie that I didn't really like. You know oh, the yeah the, the idea that that kids need that that emojis are the greatest invention ever, and that kids literally can't communicate with each other at all without a phone. And I just don't believe that's true. I I know that we are in a very social media era, but I still believe the kids can talk to each other. <laughs> I'm not that cynical. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so many conceptual mistakes in that film. It's not, it's not even funny. And then the uh, the structure is, uh, like you said, so de- so derivative, and and it, and it kind of feels like the movie wants to be earnest, but uh, wants to be earnest, but it's so cynical that it hasn't got a hope in hell of being yeah. that. The only yeah. way a movie like this could work is if it was trying to be a parody like Sausage Party or something. But as I say, it's trying to be earnest, but it's so cynical it hasn't got a hope. Yeah. And apart from the animation being, uh, being serviceable in textures and uh, world building and everything, there is nothing at all about this film. It's, it's definitely no. my worst of the year. So let's yeah. just move on. It's so bad. Yeah, it is really bad. It's worthy of the hate. It, it is. So next we have the nut job too. And mm-hmm. I'm one of the few people I actually thought this was kind of funny. I enjoyed it. I, it's got problems, but I liked the two pugs and I thought it had enough laughs and I thought it was definitely better than the first one for sure. 
Um, but it has problems. It, it, the villain is terrible. The plot is terrible. But maybe I was just in a good mood when I saw it. I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad that people uh, said it was. Uh, and maybe I just seen the Emoji movie, so I don't know. Maybe I was in a good mood. But yeah, uh, but yeah the nut job too. It certainly wasn't necessary, that's for sure. No. I mean, I didn't see the original, although I did have to watch a few clips to put my review together. So okay. apart from noting that the animation is much better, like, well, I don't know what was up with the original, but its animation is so stiff. It's not, I, I just, never mind. But as for this one, like, I thought the pugs were, the pugs and the Jackie Chan mice, they were okay. Yeah. But, but, but just about everything else just kind of washes, uh, washed over me yeah. and, and fa failed to engage. And I, I, just I prefer say, Jackie I Chan in of, this to Lego Ninjago. I like. Oh, yeah. I do. I think it was funnier. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Well, I think it's because the they, the contrast between his voice coming out of this cute mouse that doesn't want to be cute. That's at least a joke you can get a bit of mileage out of. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I had very low expectations going into it. Very. I thought it was going to be miserable. And the fact that I laughed a little yeah. bit and I thought it was approved, I, I think that probably helped it. Next up was a Leap or Ballerina, depending on where you were at. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it was Ballerina over here. It got released here last December. But okay. like uh, at the time, I just started doing ordinary review videos. But at the time, I didn't know if it was ever going to make it over to the States. So I didn't bother seeing it. And oh, okay. when, it was so, when it came out in the States, uh, I was like, I just... Uh, it didn't feel bothered uh, to really see it so yeah. i didn't bother i mean this is it, a movie it, it never looked interesting to me to be yeah. honest yeah i mean this is a movie that's made for like 8 year old little girls who want to be a want to be a ballerina it's perfectly harmless but mm -hmm. uh it, and it does have pretty uh, paris uh landscapes they did a good job and the animations mm -hmm. it's pleasant to watch pleasant to look at um but I think if you really start to think about it that in ways that probably an eight year old girl wouldn't think about it mm -hmm. the uh the the little girl in the in the movie she gets what she wants very easily like with only like three days of training and these mm -hmm. other girls have have been working for for years you know and and but she believes in herself and Bas so, yeah basically she has plot armor i suppose yeah and also she's kind of not the best example. Again, it's probably not something that would be that, in the, like, it's not like something that would, I think, really affect little, little girls all that much. But when you really start to think about it, she's kind of, mm -hmm. she like sort of steals another girl's identity and pretends to be her. And she kind of lies and she's just, she's not that good of a friend. And so there's some things about her that it's like, mm, yeah. Not my favorite, so that brought it down for me. But it's does she it's ever watchable. get? Does she? Does, does she ever? Does the girl protagonist? Does she ever get reprimanded for these bad things she does, or are they just kind of forgotten about? They're just kind of forgotten about, kind of forgotten about, yeah. and and it, because she's a dreamer, it's all okay. <laughs> it's kind of the attitude of the movie, but yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean. Uh, not a, not a little, I mean, not a little girl, never was. Maybe I'll have them someday. But if I was a parent and I, if I was a parent and I had a girl, unless they were like really into ballerina stuff, I don't know that I, that I put them in front of a film if I knew like that, if I knew that the yeah. girl protagonist was that uh, 
poor of a role model. Yeah. Like, I don't need animated protagonists yeah. to be a role model, but like if they position it like they're supposed to be when they're actually doing all these awful stuff, that's just ugh. Yeah, because so, there's like mm. there's this this there's this Im- special invitation to be part of this special dance thing, and mm. she she actually steals another girl's invitation and pretends to be her, and and yeah, it doesn't get really get any repercussions from it. It's like oh, you silly thing, well, I don't know. Mm. So yeah, I agree. I'm kind of with you on that. So okay, so the next movie was an anime movie. I want to talk about briefly. Um, it's oh. called uh, In This Corner of the World, and I had the oh yeah. I had the opportunity to interview the director, which was really cool. Oh, yeah, I remember for, that. That was good. For rotoscopers.com. That was really neat. And this is not a movie for everybody. Some people will think it's super boring because it's very just like day in the life of mm-hmm. basically Japanese people in the 19, in like 1944 during the war. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, the lead protagonist is this kind of basically like a, she's 17 and she, she's a, she enters this arranged marriage. Um, in Hiroshima, she has to move to Hiroshima, which of course becomes important. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's just about her daily. Like, there's a long segment where she's just making rice, and there's like this special way of them making yeah. rice in the in that time to make it puff up and make it feed more people. And so, some people think it's really boring. I actually thought it was really lovely and really beautifully animated. And I I like those kind of movies that are just sort of about people and their life. And um, yeah. so. I, if anime sounds... does that anime does that really well you know yeah. uh slice of life uh slice of life slow pace letting you get to learn the characters that way it's yeah. it's a f- form of filmmaking that is basically fallen out of favor uh in most of the rest of the world but yeah the japanese keep on doing it so fair play Yay. to them yeah i mean every once in a while you have a boyhood or something like that that does it but uh, uh but i i just i really thought this was a sweet little movie so if you get a chance check it out next is also a little indie uh that we did my friend christine and i did a podcast on uh it's called oh, yes. window horses and this is a really good film uh it's by a female this was really cool this year we had three female animated animation directors which was pretty good mm-hmm. uh you have in uh, silent voice we'll talk about uh in window horses and um and in the breadwinner so three mm-hmm. uh, female directors which is pretty cool uh, for animation and uh, anyway so window horses and it's about this girl in, that is persian chinese lives in canada didn't know her father mm-hmm. and she and her mother's passed away and she she writes this book of poetry and she she ends up entering this poetry festival in iran mm-hmm. and gets the chance gets selected gets the chance to go over there and it's just about her experience, like reconnecting with her culture and poetry. And there's all the, there's a bunch of different segments that are actual um, Persian poetry and that are beautifully executed. And always nice to have good indie animated films. Yeah. At, at least we can, for the most part, always count them in this day and age. So yeah. Um, another little indie that I really enjoyed out of France um, is called Louise by the Shore. And this is a watercolor okay. style. And it's uh, about a woman, an older woman, who gets left behind on this uh, vacation uh, island, this resort vacation island, and there's nobody there. Like, everybody leaves once the summer's gone. And so she has to figure out how to survive for the year until people come back. And and she just, yeah, she starts out really, like, frail. And, but as she, she becomes stronger and stronger as she's having to be more independent and, 
It's really cute. Do you mean like, do you mean like physically stronger or mentally stronger? Both. Oh, okay. She, she becomes more confident and, and, uh, uh, it's really sweet. It's a sweet movie. I, I recommend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we have another, this is kind of a bunch of indies. We're just powering through, um, loving Vincent was, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The painting one. Yes. And I maybe have an unpopular opinion on this. I don't know, but it's beautiful amazing it's an artistic achievement what they what Mm -hmm. they pulled off with these uh oil paintings but for me the story was problematic i would have preferred them just do like a straight out art piece like with what kind of what they did with maybe uh, my entire high school sinking into the sea that felt really experimental and and Mm -hmm. so you don't care as much about story but the story that they picked i really didn't like i thought it was very weak it's just this guy going around interviewing people about Vincent van Gogh's suicide. And I didn't care about this guy. It didn't tell me a lot about Vincent van Gogh. I felt like I didn't get an insight into suicide or mental health or art mm-hmm. or it just was kind of flat. And so I, you know, it pains me, but I ended up not really giving it all that good of a score because I just didn't like the story. Yeah. But, I- yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I've seen, uh, I mean, pretty much everyone says the visuals are the best part, but I, yeah. I've seen lots of people uh, feel that there's such a difference in quality between the visuals and, you know, what, uh, what the film is actually using them to directly do. Like, I don't think it really, it's kind of like the visuals are like, you know, a nine or a 10, but everything else is kind of like a five. That's the yeah. opinion I get from most people. I haven't seen it myself yet. And because of what it's doing with the visuals, I definitely will. But yeah. uh, if what everyone said is true, it, it probably isn't a film that you ever need to rewatch unless yeah. it's specifically to study the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And it's just frustrating because they were so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, just if they uh, would have been so, it would have been one of the greats. If they ah. just, oh, if they just, we've, we have finally, we're getting out of indie territory. <laughs> we have the Lego Ninjago movie. And I have As to admit, I did, I saw this during Comic-Con week. So I oh, was yeah. pretty tired, mm-hmm. but I still think it's pretty boring and I didn't really like it. And everything about it felt very derivative to me of Kung Fu Panda movies and, uh and even star wars a little bit and uh the other lego movies like i thought darmigan seemed really lord business kind of copycat to me and i don't know the only part i really liked i didn't think the animation was that great and the only part i really liked was the cat i thought the cat was hilarious yeah those those are probably all fair fair opinions i think like it's a this is going to be a weird statement, but the, the people who directed the Lego movie, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who also did, tw- they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as well as 21 and 22 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they're able to handle comedy and films like juxtaposed tones in just a way that very few other people can. And that was one of the reasons that the Lego movie works so well, that it could bounce back and forth between humor and sentiment and always make it work for the yeah. most part and this film just it was like it was doing that but it basically never works so you you either had comedy that was coming out of nowhere and taking you out of it or you had sentiment that fit that felt shrill and forced and tacky and gooey i did kind of like garmageddon garmageddon uh, i don't even know how to pronounce his name <laughs> yeah. i did kind of lo- like it and the cat things were funny and even though it did nothing for the film i thought the live action framework was um, amusing at points but other than that it just basically broke 
over me over me little to no engagement it's another yeah. weak film so yeah uh, even a, and obviously uh because of its financial downing like we obviously a lot of animated films is this year underperformed but so many of them were kept to tight budgets like emoji movie was uh 50 million despicable me was still low sorry bad example captain underpants was 38 so in terms of the main ones i think this and nut job and maybe and maybe rock dog are the only ones that you know have haven't earned didn't earn their budget back so i'm talking about is a silent voice this is a movie that it's an anime film Mm -hmm. and uh it's a movie that i think is best for people that are sort of have some experience with anime because of the way yeah. the characters talk yeah. and the way that uh, they interact. It's just very Japanese. It's very steeped in that culture. I really loved it. It was one of my favorites of this year. Um, it is a long, it's, <laughs> it's like two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a barrier for some, but if you can embrace it, there's lots to embrace. It's this beautiful yeah. story about this uh, bully and the girl that he bullies and uh, and how they're able later on when they're in high school, they're able to, to reconnect and he's able to kind of uh, seek forgiveness and uh, it becomes a very touching, beautiful story. And these sort of, they're both sort of wounded characters and there's a lot of stunning animation. The music is the best of the year by far, in my opinion. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's a really good film. Yeah. Wait, uh, did, uh, did you mean to skip your name or are you counting that as part of last year? I was counting that as far as last year, but we can talk uh, about it if you want. Oh have, yeah. you, have you seen it? Oh yeah, I did see it. Uh, I missed it when it first came out here, but then in August, uh, it got a very brief IMAX screening here. So, so I, was able to, I was able to see it in IMAX and it, it was so weird seeing a subtitled movie uh, in IMAX, no less. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure it's one of those films that my experience seeing it probably... Uh, won't be the same when I get around to rewatching it, but mm-hmm. obviously it's a phenomenal film, be- uh, oh. beautiful, and it, it for the most part it really is one of those films that has something for something for everyone, and yeah. I think can speak to everyone. Like uh, we on the internet, us animation people, we've dissected it to death. And while I don't know that all the fantasy stuff that kind of takes up the later half of the plot once it turns out why they're connected and how and all that is necessarily necessary i don't think it takes away from the plot either at mm-hmm. the same time so it's that's kind of a moot point but yeah it's phenomenal oh the anim- i you know i think everyone knows i think that's just a masterpiece yeah. the animation the the music the 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 spiritual connection is so beautiful and just the mm-hmm. I, I think the main idea of your name is that like once we understand somebody's humanity like we Mm-hmm. we will feel a fierce desire to save them and rescue them and help them. And that's what yeah. Taki feels yeah. like. He, he just, yeah. he can't sleep. He can't think he just feels this connection with this thing and this person. And, yeah. and uh, a friend of mine was like, well, why does he get on the train just going nowhere? He doesn't even know where he's going. I'm like, if I felt that kind of yearning every day and it wouldn't go away, I'm getting on yeah. that train. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> ah, well, it's it's worthy of your love. So <laughs> oh, good. Um, but yeah, Silent Voices is, is is more problematic, mm-hmm. but it's still just it is beautiful, and I recommend. Yeah. Uh, I recommend especially anime fans definitely check it out. Yeah. But uh, I think the the odd thing about the kind of anime films that the anime films that we'll get to see here on the indie sir indie circuit is that I kind of think there's 
three, maybe three kinds of anime uh, mostly out there. Most of it is kind of of the otaku nerdy uh, type that tackles specific niches and specific mm. nerds. And you get that in all those fr- uh, franchise stuff. And Pokemon. Uh, oh well, not just the stuff aimed at kids, the, the more uh, stuff aimed at adults that only really oh. speaks to anime fans. But most of the films we get aren't of that. They're either, occasionally we get ones like Your Name that truly speak to everyone or Ghibli films or what have you. And then you get other ones that are better for anime fans, like A Silent Voice, but they're not as closed off as the uh, otaku nerd targeting mm. ones that I mentioned earlier and that's not, a, that's not a bad thing there's nothing wrong with a film having a niche audience if that audience loves it it's right. just more a, an observation right so yeah 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 Another little weird film that I loved uh, it, it was interesting so I, I sat down uh, I saw this thing oh son of Bigfoot what is that so I started to watch it and it looked you know looked kind of terrible it's like one of these like yeah. made uh, made for cheapy you know whatever films so I start watching it and I'm like, this is actually kind of good. This is good. I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, it was one of my most like pleasant surprises. And I was so excited because like so often I feel like I'm a downer on my blog. I mm-hmm. get on the blog and I'm like, oh, I don't know, this problem, this problem, whatever. And it was really cool just to get on the blog and be like, you guys, I found this cute little movie. And yeah. And anyway, and it, it's made by the same people who did the wildlife and this or Robinson Crusoe, I think it was called there. And this oh, is yeah. a million yeah, I, years ahead of that. Yeah. yeah that was another, f- f- every, uh, most uh, animation in Europe is kind of on the indie side that kind of G-Kids were released, but every so often you get CG films that are trying to follow the American mold and they, mm-hmm. several months later, they get released over in America, typically butchered up like Leaf, Leap or, or yeah. like this one. I remember... I didn't see it, but I remember it being released in February. Like I think I was in I was in Holland at the time on a holiday or something, and okay. I saw and I saw ads for it, uh, like you know, uh, on the side of the road or whatever. And then later, when it came out in America, like I was like, oh yeah, that film came out here briefly. And yeah, they did a really good job with like the fur with the oh. animals, and they and so they did a good job with the animation, and it just had a big heart to it, and. I, I, I loved the music. It was by some, I think, Dutch band called Puggy, and they did a good job. And it's just, it, it has some problems. The villain is kind of your typical um, mad scientist kind of villain, and he's not that, he's not very good. The villain's kind of one note. And they have sort of a bully plot line that doesn't really go anywhere and is unnecessary. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought it was a pleasant surprise, and I recommend it yeah. to people. Check it out. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, and so then there was another indie called The Breadwinner, um, which hasn't come out uh-huh. there yet. And this uh, is a beautiful film, and it was really exciting to me because Cartoon Saloon, they, uh, they've only done Tom Moore films, which are all mm-hmm. Celtic in feel. Yeah. And so this was a Nora Tooney, and uh, it's about this Afghani girl, and it's a very loose adaptation of the book, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it... it it was re- it was really effective. I really liked all the characters. It was very moving. Uh, it was heartbreaking. And the the only like m- mild critique I would have of it that kept it uh-huh. out of my top ten of the year is that I there there's these fantasy sequences where she's telling these stories, and then the the her life sequences, and sometimes they just didn't quite mesh completely. Okay, um, yeah, that sounds yeah. like it'd be fair. 
but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it an A minus. So I really yeah. liked it. So uh, yeah. Uh, in case the viewers uh, watching forgot, I live in Ireland, but <laughs> unlike Rachel, I haven't got to see this uh, film yet. Like, I'm not at the point where I get past the screenings or whatever. And for whatever reason, the film will get released here later than it will in America. I, I mean, there are reasons, but I won't go into them here. But I think that this film will probably be for Cartoon Saloon a bit like what The Incredibles was for Pixar. Like, uh, Incredibles was their sixth film, and that. Uh, Brad Bird came in from outside and made a film that was a decent bit different than what had been made before. And then with, with Breadwinner, uh, as Rachel said, their two prior films were had these Celtic Irish roots. And here you have this one that's uh, based in the Middle East or Afghanistan or whatever and has all this uh, stuff. Like, it, I definitely look, really look forward to you know, be, being able to see it. Let's talk about uh, this movie, Bird Boy. Oh, right. You saw yeah. It. yeah, I did. Um, what did you think? This is a very unusual film. Well, it's it's a fair. I mean, it's a fair bit different than most animation I've ever seen. Like I've I've seen enough d dark horror films that it wasn't completely out of my comfort zone. Like uh, obviously, it, it's a very bleak post apocalyptic yeah. uh, post apocalyptic world. And I, I think the weird thing about a lot of these indies is that you want more people to watch them. But at the same time, you can understand why most of them have a limited audience, even mm -hmm. if they are very good. And that, and that fits into this. Like you, I, I think you need to be a specific mindset or type of person to be able to get a, a lot out of it. Why it's effective is because it has this contrast between these uh, animal-esque protagonists and then all this really dark, bleak yeah. stuff that's going on around them. And it, it's it's definitely good that it's short, that it's as short as it is. Like it uses that short runtime to its advantage and all that. So, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it makes it seem even darker because mm -hmm. all these characters are not only animals, but they are yeah. really cute. Yeah. yeah that, like, that's the point. Yeah. 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 And so to have them in this post post apocalyptic kind of world is mm -hmm. jarring. The only film that I could think to sort of compare it to was Boy and the World that came out last year. I think it was last oh, yeah. year. But it's sort of similar in this 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 cute character that's facing all these this war and all this stuff. Um, but I I don't know. It was I enjoy, it was good. I liked mm -hmm. it. And but it, yeah, I yeah. felt like it was more sort of throwing concepts out there. Like all of a sudden they'd be like, this is about yeah. drug use. We're commenting on drug use and Oh, we're commenting on violence. Oh, we're commenting on bad parents. And, and, yeah. and there would be shocking, truly shocking scenes. And as far as the narrative, it wasn't quite yeah. there. But I, I think it's one of those films that I probably more admire than directly enjoy. Yeah. But, uh, uh, only because uh, maybe due to all the bleak, dark stuff that's going on within, as it goes on, you kind of get it get a bit detached just because of that uh which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just a fair bit it's just yeah. a fair bit different like it's not aiming to emotionally involve the audience except you know to present all this bleak stark stuff that chills us to the bone and for yeah. for that being its goal it definitely succeeds in that but it's if it's just if you're looking for you know characters that characters in a narrative that invest you you'll be left a bit disappointed yeah but if you can enjoy for the other stuff uh, and you know you can deal with all the bleak dark stuff it's worth checking out for all those in the yeah. animation community if nothing else definitely so. definitely worth checking out 
Uh, but it's just, uh, just know what you're getting into. I would say, yeah, maybe watch the trailer. (laughs) Let's talk about my little pony, the movie. Uh, and I, I really, I really liked this. I think more than most, I thought uh, it's basically like a road trip movie, but I thought Mm -hmm. the Twilight Sparkle learned like a pretty good lesson about friendship and loyalty. And, and I thought the Tempest was a pretty good character. Uh, Mm I, I, I could have done without the other villain guy i forget the storm king yeah that was not necessary i didn't think and it's true that it does put a lot of characters but to me it was just kind of like a a road trip so they meet a certain person and they get a song yeah and they move on and and um so i liked it i thought it was good uh yeah very unique experience for me like but prior to seeing the movie i'd only seen maybe a handful of clips of the show so i saw the movie and thought it was decent maybe leading on good and i felt curious so i checked out the show and in the two months between then and just before christmas i just finished catching up with it so basically the movie has made me a my little pony fan (laughs) for all all you non-believers out there friendship is magic okay (laughs) it's a good show right yeah oh uh, yeah it yeah it is and like the thing, well, obviously with a film adapted from a TV show that's ongoing, that's made by the same people, is you have to kind of separate the sort of fair critical criticisms and the uh, rash ones by the fans. Like, like, like a lot of people, I don't know how well it handles the usage of the main characters, but it, it, uh, it does, I think that criticism is overplayed by a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I will say one thing. I don't know how well the structure of basically go to a place, meet a new character, have a new song that happens three times uh, holds holds up. Like even from the fans' perspective, uh, it definitely feels like after all that's done and you have the last half hour, that's the one that kind of merits more discussion. So there's def- yeah. so there's definitely that. But uh, it is a little episodic and that yeah. probably goes back to its roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool that they got yeah. all of the voice cast in, which you don't always see in yeah. these movies. And uh, it, I thought I actually liked the songs. They actually got like Broadway level yeah. professionals to sing. Yeah. So they sounded like, pretty I, good. I, 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 uh, like the film came to home media really fast. So I just watched it again the other day. And that was yeah. the major thing that changed between when I first saw it to now, because now that I've watched the show and get a feel for how the songs work in it, I was able to really more fully enjoy them. Whereas the first time I thought they were uh, uh, okay, uh, I just wasn't kind of used to uh, used to how they work. Yeah. I mean, my like, main, uh, my main uh, flaw like, with the movie was that I felt that they probably leaned on Pinkie Pie too much. She's one of the uh, more popular characters. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're not familiar with the show, she can come off as a little grating a little shrill. Um, I would, and I, I felt like some of the other of the main six weren't used hardly at all. I mean, there's a very clear hierarchy, like Twilight Sparkle is the, is the main protagonist. All that stuff happens to her. Then, yeah. then you have, uh, then Pinkie Pie will be second both for being pivotal in the sea ponies stuff and also Twilight and her falling out. Yeah. Then Rainbow Dash due to the pirates. Yeah. Then, then, but then you have pretty much everyone else who, who kind of goes down more. Like even though Fluttershy is used the least, I kind of feel uh, uh, that's not too bad because she's supposed to be the timid, quiet one. So how much can you do with her in adventure like this, except in moments when her friends are threatened? Yeah. So 
that didn't bother me too much. I suppose Applejack's misuse was more of a problem because she's supposed to be on the strong half of the characters. And apart from battle sequences and stuff, uh, they don't use her much. Not at so. all. Hardly at all. So yeah, and she's my favorite. So yeah. I wish they'd use her more. Yeah. But- she's pr- probably one of my favorites too, but again, st- still only maybe two, three months uh, into knowing this thing. So my opinion may change, but for, <laughs> but for now she's up there with me. I'd say one of my major uh, things that I ha- felt different with you was that even though he definitely needed more sc- more screen time, I, s- I still really liked the whole uh, s- Storm King element. One element okay. I noticed when I rewatched the fil- film now was that you have that uh, little ho- uh, hologram spell sequence where he communicates with Tempest and then he doesn't appear again towards the end. But accepting that throughout the film, they keep finding visual ways to display his image to basically jam up the fact that his army is all powerful and imposing like you have his poster that appears a fair few times when the main six are on this balloon that they got from the pirates it has his visage on it in the sea ponies place they use uh line images to show what happened to them so they keep kind of giving him and his army a a sort of visual presence it reminds next one is coco I'll just briefly, you haven't had a chance to see that no, yet. It, it comes out January 19th here. Oh my gosh, you're counting down the days? Uh, well, I, I, I suppose now I suppose I am, so yes. <laughs> yeah, the trailers were not good. I was pretty nervous, actually, before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, Pixar usually does a pretty lame job of marketing their movies, which is strange. But, um, uh, but I loved it. It was my favorite movie of the year. I thought it was, mm-hmm. was magical. I thought it had huge heart. I was like really crying by the end. Uh, it really got to me. And I loved the characters. I loved Miguel as a character. I loved the music. They've got uh, the Lopez's writing. Remember mm-hmm. Me was really good. And uh, I just loved it. So I'm excited yeah. to hear what you think. Right. From, uh, I've heard to- almost nothing but praise for this film. So uh, yeah. for uh, unless it just really doesn't click with me it should be my favorite mainstream animated film of this year so i'd be shocked if it wasn't i i I think the only really like flaw you can say with it in my opinion is that it's a little predictable yeah you know but i didn't care that wasn't a problem for me um yeah so really looking forward to it so yay um okay so then there is uh the star did you see the star yet? Uh, yeah, no, I saw it. Okay. So the, it, this was a little bit better than the trailers uh, made it look like, but I thought that I liked the, um, the Mary and Joseph parts actually mm-hmm. quite a bit. It was sweet. Uh, and it was true to the Bible, which I like. Uh, but all the animal stuff I was just not into. I did not like. I just thought it, it was very groan-inducing. I was not a fan. I know it, it basically it's for me it's it's repeating the emoji movie sins for the most for for the most part like you know, uh, I didn't really get the feeling that the filmmakers uh, really cared about what they were doing unlike yeah. Captain Underpants the farmed out animation kind of felt really uh, stiff and down there it's the weird it's the rare animated film CG that is where I think the animals look worse than the humans however that's possible yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, if you want the animal hijinks and the pop songs and the farce jokes, then all the religious stuff is getting in the way. And if you want the religious stuff, everything else is getting in the way. So there's really not enough of either. And yeah, agree. So, you know, nothing to say. Sorry. 
Yeah, like, I think that's exactly movie, right. I think it's like exactly emoji right. movie, emoji movies worse, but other than that, this is way down there. Yeah. Sorry. Agreed. Music is pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was a good soundtrack. If you like, you know, Christmas music. Um, but other than that, no, it's a skip for sure. Um, okay. And then there was Ferdinand mm-hmm. and I've, I, I'm like on two parts with Ferdinand. I really, I really liked the music It's one of my favorite scores of the year. I thought that they did a great job, like integrating the, the Spanish themes into the score. And I thought it was a very sweet movie. You can go and just have a pleasant time. It's, it's, it's a very sweet movie, but, uh, it does feel very played out. Like if you've seen the story a million times, yeah. uh, whether it's the, like two parts, the sort of pampered pet thrown into back into the sort of the wild uh, part. And also the, uh, the, the, the member of the tribe that doesn't fit in and doesn't belong mm-hmm. in whatever we've seen a lot, which I don't mind tropes, but like I did mind it here. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they do, sometimes they don't. And uh, I, I just thought, I don't know. I, I, I just thought some of the, again, some of the animal hijinks and some of the humor didn't work for me. Uh, although I did, I was a big fan of the calming goat. I thought that was really funny, but yeah, other was, than that, right. some, yeah, some of the other humor didn't really work for me. And like, I don't need to see animals driving a car ever again. Can we just say, <laughs> can we put a moratorium? Yeah. No more. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like th- there was no need for that. Uh, there was no need for that sequence. They could have pretty much avoided that entirely if, uh, after Ferdinand had rescued the other two from the uh, chop factory or whatever, then the human, then for what, then they just, then the humans just took him off to the to the ring uh, there, there and then, because the end results would have been the same. Yeah. So they, like this film is a, for whatever reason, it's a hundred and six minutes, which is just indulgent. Yeah, like agreed. films these days are getting long, longer and longer. Generally, even animated films, and given the time it takes to make quality animation, I just don't see why. It's yeah. not even like Blue Sky Studios, unlike say uh, Disney, which Disney are in a weird position now, where all of their films seemingly have to be over a hundred minutes. But Blue Sky aren't like that. Uh, Peanuts movie and the Fourth Ice Age were under ninety minutes, even with credits. So there's yeah. no reason this film could have been twenty minutes shorter. This is a mixed bag. Yeah, Pro- yeah, probably a mixed bag. Leading decent f- for myself, like mo- most of the theme stuff, and and after the third act chase, the how the film resolves itself, and the f- character Ferdinand himself work very well. It's just the there's kind of so much filler around it. Like apparently Walt Disney did a short based on the book. This yeah. film is adapted from in eight minutes. I haven't seen it, but I plan to watch it. Yeah. And uh, it, it'll almost certainly that, that short will cover everything that needs to be uh, yeah. covered as regards the film. Yeah. I agree. So. Yeah. Agree. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and what did you, did you like the common goat? Did you think it was funny? Uh, or? She, uh, she was all right. She was all right. I thought, uh, well, she was definitely one of the better comedy elements, but given how erratic some of them were, that's not saying much. <laughs> oh, the other thing I liked about the movie is I liked that there wasn't really a villain, you know, because a lot of yeah. times you see sort of the, the the masculine characters are just like obviously the bad guys. And that wasn't the case here, which I appreciated. Well, well they, they're positioning the humans more as an as an antagonistic force rather than, mm-hmm. a, uh, than a direct villain. Like, Right, uh, like uh, you, you and me, and many others complain about the surprise villain reveal, but I think there's still a lot to be said about a film that p- portrays 
all of its characters as being neither bad nor good. Like everyone has yeah. a bit of a morality complex. Big yeah, the, bad fox. Big bad fox and other tales. <laughs> and uh, so this is by the same guy who made uh, Ernest and Celestine. Yeah. Same studio even. Yes. Yeah. And that's a delight. If you haven't seen Ernest mm-hmm. and Celestine, it's really good. Yeah. It's fantastic. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is short story. So it's, it's just different, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's set up like a kind of a, a vaudeville show where they yeah. do the introduction on a stage and then they do the shorts. And I thought they were delightful. I, yeah. I was really charmed when they were funny. They were charming. They were, they weren't like too adult at all. Like they were, mm-hmm. and I, I really, it's a shame that it, it hasn't been released nationwide uh, here because during the holidays, because the last short is, is a really cute Christmas short. Yeah. But, so, what'd you think? Well, I, I, uh, I just watched this one the other day, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. But yeah, you're basically on the mark. It's, it's a French animated film where the animals are putting on plays, each of which is like a TV episode lent because they were designed as TV episodes. But yeah. uh, So they have those and then they have uh, the transitions between them. And it, like it probably it doesn't sound like it's much if if it's described because it's these farm animals putting on these stories but i guess there's just such this sincerity and niceness and sweetness and, and such a quality uh french way to the to the dialogue and the way the stories are told that makes it really work like i don't know if this film would ever get dubbed but certainly for an adult viewer i'd imagine it would lose a lot of its quality as it were i think a lot of the reasons the film works certainly in the script and dialogue is is because of the uh the frenchness to it i know that yeah. sounds weird but that's just how i felt yeah yeah no it yeah. does it has that I, I see what you're saying well so it's been an interesting year uh-huh. and thank goodness for the for for the indies for the anime and yeah. and some ones that were solid that were yeah. uh yeah well Put it this way, before this started, I c- counted up what the 12 mainstream ones I've se- seen, what, what, which doesn't count Coco. That would make it 13. Right. And I uh, took the scores I would give all of them, even though I don't give scores in my reviews because I like to hope it speaks for itself. But right. and my, I think my average score worked out at like 5 and 5.3, which is just ouch. Like I think in 2016, it would probably it would it would be at least six and and probably a bit maybe a bit stronger in 2015, which was a pretty good year. Yeah, so, 2016 was really good. I thought yep. Kubo and, and yeah, yeah, Kubo Zootopia and Moana. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. 20, oh well. Uh, just to kind of give thoughts, I, 2017 just if you kind of try and pick out a theme from the mainstream stuff, it just really feels like a tra- transitional year. There's so many films in, in, uh, in here that are, were supposed to come out a year beforehand, like Smurfs got pushed back a lot. So, and so did yeah. a fair few others. Like, a, like Lego Ninjago, I think, was supposed to be released when Lego Batman was, and so, and so forth. It just feels weird, uh, like so many films kind of came out later than they should or lost themselves somewhere along the way. It's hard to describe, but I think 2018 should hopefully look a bit be- better. Like this yeah. slate doesn't look like very promising, but it definitely looks more promising than uh, the year that just went by. Yeah. Certainly it should start out on a high note because I'll be seeing early man just a week after Coco. So there will hopefully be two fantastic films back to back. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually feeling pretty positive about 2018. Yeah. Even though 
I'm not that big a Rick or Ralph fan, so I'm I'm in the yep. minority with that one. But other, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty excited about Isle of Dogs, the Wes oh, yeah. Anderson film coming out. That looks really good. He did great stuff with Mr. Fantastic Fox. Yeah, and it's just cool to have two uh, stop motion films mm-hmm. that are fairly major. I don't know. We'll get a wide, fairly wide release. Uh-huh. Early Man. I love everything Ardman's done. They've never made a movie yeah. I disliked, so I'm excited uh, for it. They, they speak to me so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, anim- animation, claymation, and quirky British humor. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> we will see. It'll be fun. Make sure to follow both of our channels, because we'll be covering all of them. I'm really not looking forward to some of them, like Nomeo and whatever, Sherlock Gnomes or... <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh no thank you but uh but we'll see uh we'll see how it happens but anyway uh where can people find you uh okay so my channel is cartoon karma so you can find it on that name on youtube same name on facebook on twitter i'm under to at toon karma so uh i do i do a dissection and analyzation videos of animation as well as reviewing new films like i tried that since 2017 so it worked out pretty well so you, yeah. so you know be nice if you could subscribe as long yeah. as it makes you happy <laughs> you guys should he has a great channel it's really really good again sooner for sure Maybe we can talk about early man when it comes out that would be fun oh uh, uh, yeah that would be a great one because uh, i'll definitely have a review up for that before it comes to the states uh, states mm, as well and perfect. since you often get to see films try to see films early with you know advanced screens if they exist yeah. like we could be pretty timely with that that'd be very good yeah that would be really fun so yeah all right well thanks again and uh and make sure you uh, subscribe to my channel subscribe to mike's channel and uh and happy new year <laughs> yeah happy 2018 everyone yay